0: a lot of fun keep it fun
1: hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at steedy on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers Un- unusually and uncharacteristically um well maybe not over the last while but i have someone new in and this this time right it's not larry McCarran or, or anybody like that i'm not going to sort of amp it up as if i have aaron Rodgers on the podcast here but i have a person who should outshine me in the comedy stakes, and certainly in the professionalism and radio style voice, this guy's going to come on, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be boxer dropping, um, and and, <laughs> and 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 knickers dropping the whole time. Right, radio voice doesn't come into it. I've got Hal Stewart on at DJ Hal Stewart or at Hal Stewart eighty two. Um, I don't know. Hal, is that is that year of birth here? I mean, is yeah,
0: eighty two. Far too many details. I realise already for those wanting to uh, scam me online. I mean, if you want to mm. give you my mother's maiden name, uh, but <laughs> yeah, you've actually set me up already. I was thinking, you know, what, I'm going to park the comedy stuff that I sometimes do to the side. This is going to be pure Packers. This no. is going to be post-match analysis. Very, very serious. I'm so excited because Ryan buying that money pit house has allowed me an opportunity <laughs> to finally be on this podcast with right. you as mm. an equal.
1: Yeah, and that that's the thing. So you're getting on. This is effectively a, a live audition. And if you do well, well, then maybe we can sort of, you know, cement up the front door of Ryan's calf. And, you know, pump some gas in and just pretend we don't know what happened. Oh, old Victorian houses, what are you going to do?
0: I am not a proper man. So if you looked at my hands, these are callous free hands. These are hands that have never done a real day's labour in their life. So actually, I wouldn't have a clue how to cement up a door, but I'd leave that to you and I would definitely take the plaudits following if it goes well and you definitely one day want me back. Let's go again with definitely.
1: Yeah, you see, this is the thing, right? As an Irishman, it's assumed that I'm a drunkard. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of other things that I won't bring on because let's let's keep this PG but one of those things is that we build places so we effectively we probably build the premises that you're sitting in uh, for instance um, we carry around ladders at all times along with the point in the other hand so yeah maybe I, I could do it I'm getting handy enough I bought WD-40 in Tesco the other day Al I'm impressed okay.
0: I can it's, tell you something about WD-40 do you know why it's called WD-40
1: water displacement it's not actually a lubricant as such it just eradicates um rust effectively which acts as the lubricant So yeah, I'm all over it. Now you probably have a different reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's actually the forty that I was more interested in than the WT. It's because that was the amount of attempts it took until they were happy with the final product.
1: Ah, and I believe now see this the thing, and someone who doesn't know Hal Stewart at DJ Hal Stewart, um, is that you are in the you work for Forces Radio, so you have a radio show from Monday to Friday, one to four PM. Anybody interested in listening? Um you can download the app. This isn't an advert, Hal. It's not as if you paid no. to come on. Um, but we just <laughs> hope we get it out there because it's it's good products, right? It's, it's good good stuff. But yeah, WD-40, I believe, was a military product, right? It was for like cleaning missiles or something.
0: I yeah, don't know. that's right. Still still regularly used in the armed forces. I must mention, I'm not, nor have I ever served within the military. I'm just like, I provide the entertainment. I'm kind of like a modern-day virulin. Mm. rather than someone who ever served. So you're right, yeah. Do that on uh, Forces Radio BFBS. Thanks for getting the times and the dates right. And you, you're right, I do actually have two Twitter accounts, because one is not enough. One is at <laughs> DJ Hal Stewart, dedicated purely to the very professional outpouring that I bring to you in those three hours, Monday to Friday. But uh, at Hal Stewart 82 is where I talk about the Packers, where I also have uh, another podcast that I do, which is not a rival to this, Steve. So at Hal Stewart eighty two. So
1: the first one professional, brilliant. Yeah. Second one, Pro- the location on that is your mum's house. So if that gives yeah. you kind of a, an indication of what goes on at that account, would that be fair to
0: say? Yeah, very different. Uh, basically, people that I work for have no idea about Hal Stewart eighty two until now. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that one is to promote uh, this other podcast I do, which is called Just Not Cricket, which is a terrible name, and I'm blaming my co-host for that podcast. Adam, a bit like a uh, rhino, is a West Ham fan, and yet I still talk to him, and that is a podcast about soccer rather than uh, football, soccer. and it's a comedy podcast, so anyone who enjoys the beautiful game may well like that. Do check it out.
1: And why is never again, not to do a deep dive on how Stewart's life, right? yeah. and sort of start talking about... Um, You know, ring size, boxer size, <laughs> are, are shoes and boots both the same size or do you level up when it comes to boots? Um, but why just not cricket? Because at first I thought it was a, a general sports podcast that just mm-hmm. didn't talk about
0: cricket. <laughs> and you know what? That would make a lot more sense. It's yeah. because we started recording the first episode and we didn't have a name for it. And I said to Adam, Adam, we're about to publish this thing. What should we call it? And he said, well, it's just not cricket. Uh, I, I don't know why he said that <laughs> I was like eh, it's late that'll do and we yeah. regretted it quite a bit since because people have assumed it's about cricket or it's about everything but cricket and actually nowhere in it does it say what it's actually about which is about football it's non-topical every episode is about anything to do with the football that we happen to think is on our mind at the time but a lot of it is just nonsensical and pretty tangential
1: yeah because I, I listened to obviously so you've recorded episode seven as of tonight right yeah. Um, so I've listened to some previous episodes, and it does strike me that it's probably eighty percent non-football related. The stuff yeah. about like Kansas families being blue. Uh, that's, there's talk of inbreeding. Um, again, you've true. got some really weird specialties. How might I just say?
0: <laughs> it's unlike this, which is extremely well crafted. You do a lot of homework. We do very little for that we just dive in and see what comes out and we both happen to know enough about football soccer uh to i want to make that clear. i don't normally call it soccer but obviously we're talking about american football today so i want to make that clear it's not about the nfl we, we happen to know enough about the game to be able to pretty much talk about anything all around the world almost any time and we feel fairly confident that we know enough about it to get by
1: so i'm going to challenge you just on that point right and i just want <laughs> you to to give me like a, a two-word response because i believe that's the answer here who do you support soccer wise
0: Sheffield United.
1: You see, that's the problem. I think that's where it kind of, that's where it <laughs> lies. It's like listening to a podcast in NFL by a Browns fan. I, you know what I mean? Is is that fair well, to I- say?
0: No, because the Browns have always been in the top division because there's no relegation. So we can't even just <laughs> <against> the Browns. <laughs> uh, so you've experienced
1: every level, I guess. So yeah, I, I suppose that makes you, um, you not about... I just like to trash football teams and I'd like to trash uh, Ryan about West Ham. But in fact, <laughs> West Ham beat United 4-1 or whatever the hell the score was. Um, which is, you know, I'm kind of glad you're on, Hal.
0: Yeah, I don't want to you... talk about West Ham ever. So I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just find the name West Ham is unappealing to me even though i like ham um yeah i'm
0: so fond 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 of ham um but if i'm to choose a direction of ham (laughs) (laughs) east East is my favorite yeah definitely Uh, because i've been to east ham anyway we are stranding massively it's a nicer part part of london
1: yeah and that's the thing and then I start I'm starting to think of like you know East Ham and then I was thinking maybe it's more suited to a cheese like East of Eden. you know what I mean so it's East of Eden I'm getting very cerebral here John Steinbeck quotes
0: think I'm thinking you can just not cricket with Adam next time I'm off
1: yeah yeah maybe maybe we just switch maybe we do an old switcheroo of Freaky Friday but do you think we should probably amble into Packer stuff now have you done enough kind of food related gags
0: just not cricket check it out on Twitter and iTunes indeed that's um hal
1: whoring out his podcast but it is it's a good listen um it's a labor of love um so yeah definitely check it out so anyway um speaking of labors of love right th- th- here's a question i have for you straight off the bat i don't know how to start the analysis of this game as such um because it's one of these things of if you look at the score 22 zip uh we we waxed the buffalo bills right there's, there's a couple of things that stand out to me in this game hal Number one is that we got a a shutout, which was the first shutout that the Packers have had um, since 2010 when we shut out the Jets 9-0, which sounds like an absolute snooze fest, right? Um, This kind of had more excitement to it, more frustration, I guess, but more excitement. Um, I could run down through the good things in this game, but all I'm seeing online is the bad things. So straight off the bat. Now, I put out a tweet that kind of took off a little bit, just saying like, I just want to sit back and enjoy this win because it was only last week in the pod I was saying to Rhino, Uh Like, why do we have to be behind to try play like world beaters? And then when we're ahead, why does it always involve, you know, us kind of sitting back and letting the team back into it? Because I do remember fifty burgers and I remember slapping out tweets on the on the account to say this is great. Um so I I really tried to enjoy it last night despite you know the negativity how did you see the game? Do you look at it and sort of go, yeah, but deeply flawed? Or do you are like me where you look back and go, great, happy days?
0: I'm I'm a very glass half full Packers fan, having been a Packers fan for a long time. Actually, the Packers shutout that you're on about in uh, 2010 on Hal Oween against the <laughs> Jets. I, I remember watching that with a Jets fan. That 9-0 victory, which was really dull. But that 2010 season... There was a lot of similarities to how we started this season. You know, mm-hmm. we just lost to the Redskins in that season. We ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm actually I'm okay with where this is going. That was a day when Mason Crosby was hero. Yesterday was a day when he started out missing the point after, so unMason like as Skip Bayless would say, Mason Crossbar. Until <laughs> he hit that 52 yarder to make it 16 nil at the end of the half, and then another 52 yarder for 22 nil and because Mason is like he's been there so long, he's synonymous with the Packers. Any time he has any involvement in anything, I'm excited. And people don't watch the NFL for the kicker. I do. If I was going to play the game, that's the position, that'll punter that I would definitely take up. And I watched this game thinking a shutout—the first one I've seen for eight years. A shutout is a shutout. Is fantastic and should be celebrated. Yes, we know there were particularly on offense. Some areas we could have scored a huge amount of points. You mentioned those sort of 50 burgers. And really, that 2011 season after we won the Super Bowl was the season to watch the Packers. I know we didn't win it that following year. We should have done. That was the best Packers team I've ever seen. We're not seeing that stuff anymore, and we definitely don't have the wide receivers for that. But bearing in mind the injuries and what we actually had out there, and I know a few things went wrong, and there's some areas we'll get to talking about some of the play calling, I'm very happy.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm exactly the same, and I think we should enjoy it. Now, obviously, now at at the same time, um, and I've been very vocal about it in the last number of years on the podcast that, you know, when we do slap teams around the place, I'd still like to get on and say, okay, let's take a critical look at this, and I'd always end up looking at the defense and sort of saying, you know, it's not good enough. Our offense is always masking the defense, and it seems like that we our best form of defense is offense. And mm. strangely enough, here I am on this podcast and we're going to talk about it kind of in reverse it, you know the defense really showed up to to play now in my tweet i put out okay let me enjoy it and i can cue the responses is yes it's the buffalo bills they're tragic yes it's josh allen he's a rookie um you know yes there was drops and all the rest but let's just take it all in i suppose now is the time to get into the analysis part the defense for me played really really well um albeit against the rookie but you know if you're to go that the likes of pro football focus you know they sort of break down the keys to this game, and one thing that they point out is the fact that our secondary, our young secondary, or relatively inexperienced secondary, when it comes to like of Josh Jackson Jr. or Alexander, they did an absolutely fantastic job. It's great to see Jair um, you know, get his first interception it actually counted and wasn't wiped out by a penalty. Um, and the the really the shortened curlies of the whole thing is is that we just didn't allow the wide receiver separation in the secondary, and that's what really stopped um Josh Allen from getting any purchase. Um, you know we stopped them from running around the place we got plenty of pass rush on them Um, so all around I think it was a good defensive effort uh, because and this is a point as well Hal and let me know what your thoughts about this are and not that either of us have really deep dived into the game between the Bills and the Vikes but can you explain in any way how the Vikes can get waxed by this team when you know they seemingly see inept in this game against the Packers
0: it's amazing, isn't it? And it's like the Jacksonville Jaguars—they are like Doug Moreau must be like, okay, take the next week off. But I know we're playing a team, but you were so fantastic this week. They seem—they <laughs> seem to win one week, then be awful the next week, and win the next week, then be awful the next week. The Vikings, I think, looked at the Bills, and this isn't something you generally see in the NFL because many teams are much of a muchness. There aren't really teams that you know the Browns of old but there aren't really teams this year that are getting absolutely trounced except there were the Bills at the start of the season the Vikings had begun as they would probably expected they probably looked at the fixtures the Bills "Eh, okay we don't need to pay so much attention on the film we don't need to listen quite so hard we can turn up and just win no one expected anything other than a routine Vikings victory against the Bills people were even joking about well if you want to have a silly bet you could maybe you know Bet on the Bills for this one, but you're not going to win any money. Just do a little bit on that. yeah. And, and then in comes a fairly unknown entity in Josh Allen, who I actually do think will become a very good quarterback. He's someone I was excited about. I don't follow the draft too closely. There's only so much you can watch. But uh, I, I thought he was quite exciting and potentially could have gone even earlier in the draft. But the Packers sacking him seven times, not letting him do what he did against the Vikings when he was hurdling, jumping at five feet in the air. He looked like a a passer that could do it all. He actually, in that game, looked like, wow, he's already arrived. He clearly hasn't. He's got a lot more to learn. And the Packers, thankfully, having been able to witness that game against the Vikings, I think were therefore a lot more prepared. If it had been just a week earlier, Packers may have taken the foot off the gas against the Bills.
1: Yeah, and maybe so. And I think if, it, you know, and everything kind of, everything happens for a reason. But I think if, you know, when you look at it and you kind of see the game against the Bears um, and what of a what a scramble that was and the in the game against the Vikings and how tragic that was. And then when you come up against Washington and you see what happened there, you know, it kind of primes this team not to look at this game and go, it's a gimme. You know, and I think had we been, you know, 3-0, and well, then we would have said, screw it, it's fine, it's Josh Allen, who cares, stack the box, we're okay. You know, and... I think it comes down to a number of things thankfully Um, number one is seeing what happened against the Vikings uh, with the uh, you know with this team and sort of saying like well Josh Allen is still serviceable enough if he can vault you know Barr um, who smushed Aaron Rodgers into the ground well then obviously he has some sort of awareness athletic ability Um, and if he can find wide receivers because some of the stuff that I've seen him do like he'd sort of he he was a fantastic actor where he'd look off to the right and sort of you know pump fake and then turn around and, and throw a bolt down the field um, you know, and I think they were very clever um last week against the Vikings, and as well as that you know their defense they keep saying oh the defense was was great they're t- they're ranked twenty fourth yeah. in the n f l so the fact that their defensive line is ranked twenty fourth yet yeah, they could get that pressure on Kirk cousins and cause those fumbles and all the rest of it now my brother in law who's a washington fan uh you know not very enamored with cousins that so turned around and said, oh, there's the cousins we know and love, and the fact that he can have he can he can capitulate in games, and this can happen capitulate word of the podcast um so um, I, I think it's a number of things like when you're facing uh, a rookie quarterback, um, you know, obviously you're going to try to get that that pressure, which would involve stacking the box to a degree. So you almost shut down the run and get that pressure at the same time. So it's kind of like, you know, two birds with the one stone. And then we on the on the back end, then we have really hungry Uh, cornerbacks and Clinton Dix came to play might I add and I've been a big
0: critic of his um, as a lot of people have yeah deservedly though I think with haha Clinton Dix but he's certainly impressed you know so far this season and and enjoyed watching his performance yesterday can I also say I enjoyed that shared sack by uh, Nick Perry and Clay Matthews you know a sack for Clay Without a penalty. Ah, you know, Matthews <laughs> wasn't flagged for roughing the passer for the first time in four games this season. Yeah. That's the first time in four games this season. It deserves repeating.
1: It's it's bonkers. I thought it was compulsory. I thought number 52, throw it. You know what I mean? I thought people would just be lashing them flags everywhere. But that is one of the positives to come from this game that I think, as bogus as the rule is, and I don't know about... So tell me how you feel about this, Hal, right? Just roughing the passer stuff. Um, I don't know what's worse the rule and the fact that it's been enforced the way it is or then calling for a roughing the passer against Aaron Rodgers for what we would have yeah. deemed a perfectly a healthy sack is this you know is this ruining the game the fact that we've kind of already accepted it and said oh that's terrible he wrapped up properly and landed on him by mistake almost by physics <laughs> you know what I mean love that boo you know what I mean is that? Is the, I felt dirty calling for that Do you know what I mean.
0: Well, I did think there was a roughing the passer call when Bill's number 49, the linebacker Tremaine Edmonds in the third quarter, hit Aaron as he threw it. It certainly affected the trajectory. He did bring his body down on top of the goat. And in our days, Steve, it's nothing. Mm. But with the new rules, it's roughing the passer and it wasn't given an inconsistency is what is bugging you you and me, I'm sure. It's the main bugbear for any fan. Fine, if we're going to have this new rule, which, let's be honest, protects players, fine. Although I'd still rather see real football. I'm sure that's why we first got into the game because it was so different to the sports we grew up watching. It was real smash. Here we go. Wow, did you see how hard that man just hit that other man? <laughs> you know, Let's go back to base. That's why we got into it. If you go back to that... If it's taken too much away, yeah, you might not see things like what happened to Aaron last season, Mm. but actually the injury to Aaron, even with the rules at the moment, still could happen. And and you'd almost rather take that risk. We're all in this together, every NFL fan. It could happen to our franchise quarterback. If we all know the risks going in, would we rather – Okay, that could happen, but we're gonna see real football. I'd certainly rather that. And I want them to change the rules slightly because you are getting these powder puff uh tackles mm-hmm. and it's not it's not great. So sometimes it's quite funny to actually watch some of these sacks. Clay Matthews basically took him down with his breasts.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to change it from sack to breast, it's a totally different part of the body. Um <laughs> but and what I would sort of question as well is as and I'm not I'm not a physics expert, I'm not a collision expert. Um But Josh Allen landed funny after that sack and had allegedly an injury on his hand. I wonder how, and I, I don't think it's a question we can exactly answer, but I wonder by trying to put these quarterbacks down in a funny way, is it actually going to create injuries for the quarterbacks as well? Because you're kind of, you know, trying to swing them around sideways, do you know what I mean?
0: Well, it could initially. And certainly in, uh, you know, Ryan compared it with the catcher rule in, uh, in baseball on mm. one of your previous. And I, by the way, I do really enjoy the 10 minute takedown because 10 minutes is perfect for my morning poo. It's you know, <laughs> just at that length. Yeah. But yeah, in baseball, you initially saw that that rule being where you don't come sliding into the catcher. He's got to create a lane because I'm a big baseball fan. So, you know, that when I first saw it, absolutely hated it. And like with anything, when there's a rule change, the goalkeeper in football being able, soccer, being able to pick up the back pass. <laughs> you, you remember when that was brought in and you're like, oh, no, this is you do get used to change. The players will get used to change. They will find a way because there's always a way. If you want to make money and stay in this league, you'll find a way. Initially, yes, I think it will create different injuries like the hand injury that we haven't really seen before, but eventually they will all get it figured out. Let's just hope they don't and they actually revert back to the original rules.
1: And I just want to highlight at this juncture in the podcast that sometimes life has a way of giving you great ideas in the most, you know, random places. So if anybody has a desire for the 10-minute takedown to be with Hal Stewart while he's doing a poo, just hashtag HalPoo. um, I I I can't promise the same audio quality. (laughs) Yeah, there might be some noise interference, some rustling in the background. Um, So the positive light takes...
0: (laughs) I'm not in prison. I'm not pooing into a crisp bag. What's the image you're getting in the... Get that out.
1: I don't know. It de- it depends on the cuisine. That I I don't really want to get into it. How basically. Um. So some positives from the game, I guess, would be you know the reemergence of the player that Aaron Jones is that we thought he would be. Um. You know we saw his workload increase in this game. His first run was for thirty yards. Um. Then he had another run for seventeen. Um. He got a touchdown on today. Um. And even then, you can have some fans that weren't happy with that, Hal. They wanted Aaron Jones to be used more. Do you see the rationale to not overwork him, especially this early in the season, due to the fact that some of his injuries have been, you know, over a workload, let's say?
0: He's a a running back. I mean, he's an offensive juggernaut. He's a running back. They play far less in their careers unless they're like Adrian Peterson. Usually they don't go on that long. Jones rushed 11 times for 65 yards, you know, 141-yard rushing day. And I know Aaron feels the same. When a player is hot, leave him in, give him the ball. And I'm sure if Aaron Jones is saying, I'm really feeling it, I think my hamstring's about to fall off, he will tell the coaching staff. Aaron Jones, for me, is the most exciting and dynamic running back that we have on the roster at the moment. And I want to see him get as much possession as possible because literally he makes things happen
1: yeah and here's a question that i mean because if you look at this running back stable i think we're blessed in the ses- sense that we have jamal williams in there who seems like you know he's he's the de facto number one which people have really questioned now with with aaron jones uh workload and and you know produce and then you've Ty montgomery who i think has been fantastic um numbers similar to to aaron jones effectively on the night with similar amount of um carries and touches i guess with receptions um so I don't know how you see this sort of thing play out, you know, between Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, whether we just literally stick with Aaron Jones and let the other two guys be big parts. You know, do you think that this running back by committee works for some teams, but it contributes to the Packers sort of being, because Aaron Rodgers said it in his presser, right, that there were kind of, the flow really wasn't there. Do you, do you think it really matters who's at running back? Does that disrupt the flow in the sense that, you know, the quarterback's literally just handing off the ball and does it really matter who it is as long as they're getting purchase?
0: Well, Aaron said a lot of things, didn't he, in his, his post-game conference, which I guess we could spend a whole other, we'd need longer than 10 minutes, a whole other mm. podcast for. I won't dissect too many of them, but I may be wrong on this, but my feeling is when you're hot, stay in. And at the moment, the running back by committee thing would sort of imply that whoever's on form, so to speak, at the time goes in. I always think with with running back, when you've got three, how rare is that? I remember watching the Packers when Grant was it. You know, there was no <laughs> other running back. And then we've had times where Stark, okay, he came in towards the end of, of Grant's period in, in the pack uh, locker room. But, but actually, really, we haven't had out and out two, three quality running backs. Now we've got three. We shouldn't be worried. This is mm. an embarrassment of riches. This is the, arguably the strongest area of the team. Let's enjoy it for what it is. At the moment, I say stick with who's actually playing best. And for me, that is uh, Jones. Aaron Jones is someone I would leave in whenever I can. But when he's tired, because he will inevitably get that way, particularly if we're doing like speedy offense, mm. Ty Montgomery, you couldn't wish for a better backup. And Williams will get plenty of chances because he's he's exceptional as well. I'm really excited. They're all uh, going forward. They're a tremendously exciting trio for the future
1: and what kind of worries me is well what doesn't worry me is the offense um to a large extent you know and i, I hate using that sort of the, the sort of the lazy analogy of well, we've got aaron Rodgers, blah blah and that really annoys me especially from people who don't sort of specialize in packer stuff they literally look at this team and go aaron Rodgers, the ground and um, so our running back stable looks stacked but it's become troublesome now at wide receiver right Cobb's out um Geronimo allison is potentially in concussion protocol Which leaves us with Devontae Adams, who is effectively going to now be double-teamed going forward. We've stiffer off, uh, you know, opponents than the Bills coming up. Um, And now we've got all of these rookies sitting behind them. Um, Marcus Valdes-Gantling, who played a big part in the sense that, you know, he got berated and got the disappointed Aaron Rodgers face on the night. Like, do we... Because I always say don't get worried about it because we really need the defence to show up because defence wins championships because... Aaron came out and said he was disappointed like some of the quotes that he's after coming out and saying was um you know that they played terrible um today that it wasn't acceptable that you know with the amount of yards that they gained it was still pretty crap um what happened and then he sort of criticized the game plan um you know and as bad as they played we still ended up with a 22 zip um is do we need to worry now Hal? because the wide receiver room is looking pretty scant
0: we do. We've still got a, a running back wearing a wide receiver's number who can who can do a job. You
1: know? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know as much. I'm sure as as you about Equimenius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I've you know I was hoping I wasn't even going to have to say their names. Jamon Moore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know as much about these guys. I know mm-hmm. that when Randall Cobb is fit, he's a guy I want being my number one receiver. At the moment, you know, because Jordy Nelson's gone and I still cry myself to sleep. Uh, Devontae Adams, you're right. He will have to be double teamed because he's he's exceptional. He's the best out there at the moment. Geronimo Allison, it's just absolutely the worst thing from a, a good result that he suffers a concussion because, you know, the concussion protocol in the NFL means with a game coming up next Sunday, he might not play in that game. Yeah, and that's not good.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's worrying because and the thing is, I mean, everyone's high on the on the these these rookies that came out, right? But the the, the problem really is is the fact that it's more than just sort of straight line speed, and we saw that with MVS in this game. Um, That's you know, what I should. Yeah, MVS, yeah, and EBS in ESP, um, and go go for those names. But it, yeah, I just thought it was troublesome in that regard because the main criticism was, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers with inaccurate throws as well, which everyone has seen and. Again, I think that's probably down to the fact that when he is practicing, he's coming in on a Thursday, um, you know, play, you know, throwing a couple of balls, and then he has to go in at game time, um, which, of course, is like riding a bike. He's the GOAT, blah, blah, blah. But I just think that it will sort of like mess up with his rhythm as well. It's very hard for him to get chemistry, um, yeah. you know, when that happens. But the main criticism, Hal, was, you know, he's throwing that MVS, um, and he doesn't come back and fight for the ball or sort of, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I sort of feel sorry for the rookies, too, because... You know, he got criticized once for not finishing the route, and then he got criticized another time for not doubling back to the play when it broke down. So to him, he's probably thinking like, do I finish it? Do I do I come back to when I? Not? And I kind of get that that's going to be a problem. But I certainly think that you know other teams are not going to be as forgiven as that. Um, but I, I guess a shining light and someone that will kind of alleviate pressure on that is Jimmy Graham. He gets his first touchdown, uh, does the Lambo leap. Probably still isn't talking
0: to the media, which obviously is a big massive deal. Right? Um, just, so I have to correct one thing there. He didn't Lambo leap. He he Lambo straddled.
1: <laughs> well, he, he leaped into a straddle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he went side saddle action with it, uh, plenty of shouting. <laughs> but again, I mean, I don't know how many times that I tweeted from the group account. Oh, Jimmy, and um, because it was sort of drops that seemed um, sort of uncharacteristic uh, of Jimmy Graham do you see him taking that step up do you think there's any sort of concern there that they just don't have that chemistry because i guess the big question mark over jimmy graham is and did you know he's a basketball player by the way and the big (laughs) concern over jimmy is is that you know he didn't look good in seattle they said that they didn't use him a whole lot and then we see him in these game time situations that he seems to be making these mistakes you know and even he's coming out and just quotes from him saying that it wasn't good enough that he has to be able to catch you know a ball on the slant um Concerns over Jimmy. Will it all come good? Is he as
0: advertised? I, I really hoped that initially when we signed Jimmy Graham that he would be the tight end that we've been looking for since dot dot dot. I mean, no, uh, he should be a lot better than him, really, but. Jimmy hasn't looked like the man who, whose hands I thought he had. And actually, I yeah. thought Aaron Rodgers. And I still believe, actually, I'm, I'm going I'm to be positive. I still believe that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback that Jimmy Graham needs. Because we know when Aaron's got a good left knee, that actually he doesn't want to keep passing the ball off to a running back. He likes scrambling. He likes making moves. He likes throwing the ball. And actually, Jimmy Graham, probably with these injuries, is going to be and certainly should be targeted more and you know what? I think once they do start developing an understanding, and as you say, Aaron's not in training quite as much as he'd like to be at the moment. Once they do, it could be extremely exciting because it's a confidence game. If Jimmy gets it back, two or three good catches in a row, he could be the Jimmy Graham that we know from his New Orleans Saints time when he's smashing that ball you know, down crossbar and people are saying i don't know if you know he you know he played basketball for a brief period did he
1: oh my god Uh, that must explain an awful lot then um so we had these dreams of multiple tight end sets lance kendrick's drops another ball is the experiment over with lance has he sort of you know outstayed his welcome here
0: oh i wanted to like lance kendrick so much i'm sure you did too and and we'd seen him on i think it was either hard knocks or all or nothing buying a house and being like here we are for life this is us <laughs> and he moves to green bay i wanted it to work out he seemed like a really good guy uh, it, it hasn't looked good and you know he frustrates me more than any other tight end that we currently have on the roster and i i really think that yeah you're looking at maybe three more games and then you'd say and that's me being generous and yeah. you say this experiment hasn't worked because at the moment i'm very much leaning towards this is about to be rug pulled from under
1: yeah, because we all know that our, with Aaron Rodgers, it's a trust issue thing mm. if you don't have his trust. And that's why Gmo, and I think that's what surprised an awful lot of people. I was kind of high on Gmo because what I saw from uh, the prior season where I thought he was running good routes, that Aaron Rodgers seemed to trust him um, and he was coming up with some clutch plays. Um, so I think we saw the trust there and we saw Aaron come out, criticise the rookies in preseason and Gmo uh, as he was uh, bestowed. You know, look, look good. I think um to him certainly in, in pressers he was sort of talking him up and he used him a lot to the point where he you know he gets smashed in the face and has to be taken off the field, um so I think it's a trust issue and and like you say like this this experiment could come down because Aaron Rodgers just you know won't target him and I've seen that happen before in prior years where you know, some of the rookie wide receivers would be wide open and he just wouldn't even give them a look um, and yeah. move on. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to work out that well. But I think really a shining light to the whole deal was the defense. What impressed you? And if, is there anything that didn't impress you with this defense? And do you think that all of your comments that you're going on to say is going to be factored down by the fact that Josh Allen didn't know what he was doing?
0: It didn't look like Josh Allen had ever played the game before and the uh, 36.3 quarterback rating. Mm. Wow. Uh, What impressed me was (laughs) cornerback Josh Jackson. You know, had a big defensive day. I know you've already mentioned him. Wearing Sam Shields' old number 37. It's written in the stars. Sure, he likes a face mask, but he seemed to know already what he was doing. I've listened to some of his uh, post-game interview. seems like a sharp lad as well. I didn't know a great deal about him going into the season, I must be honest, but he's already impressed me tremendously. Ha-ha Clinton Dix, as you've already said. Whenever he's playing, because like, I think he's a guy that decides whether he wants to play well or not because he's got all the talent <laughs> in the world. Yeah. I really he's someone that says, I'll turn it on today. Yeah, 50% I'll give today. And that's why he's rating for fans, because you know he's got it. He's got it in his locker. It's whether he's actually going to come along and play.
1: I think it might be a superstition with him, right? And here's my theory, mm. and I've just thought this up now, right? Is that I think he has this thing that if it's a snow day, he plays really well because he released on Twitter, snowing here in Green Bay, what the hell's going on? And people were there going, no, it's not. So I just think that maybe it's like Pavarotti finds that sort of bent nail. I think Haha just goes, it's snowing. Or maybe someone puts a snow machine outside, you know, his, his, his cubicle or whatever, lashes a bit but of white sort of, stuff.
0: He's from the south, isn't he? So he doesn't, mm. know, doesn't know cold until he came to Green Bay.
1: Yeah, and it's just I just thought that was the weirdest storyline of pregame was the fact that he said it was snowing when it wasn't. The people were like, "Uh," eh. and then it's just if you want to just read the equivalent of, of your ten minute poo. I mean, if you just want to read for ten minutes, just poo. <laughs> I mean, just go to that tweet from Ha Clinton Dix and read down through the thing of all. Oh, just play you oh, your useless, what are you? you know, and people somehow just connect snow with him being crap and just try to lambast him for it and like stop being a weatherman and maybe start playing football. You know, just things like that. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to be a meteorologist. Let the guy live out the dream. But I was impressed by him. I like the fact that... Uh, yeah, right? But it's... He hit that... It, there was that hit on Benjamin um, that impressed me because for all the criticism of him not tackling, that was the most committed tackle that I've seen in the NFL in general for a while. The fact that he stood in there... You know, rip the guy's head off, knocked you know, you know, you know it's always a, a serious one when the mouth guard comes out of the mouth. You're kind of thinking, All right, you know, the mail was open and that one going, Jesus, you know, maybe. Um, so that's what happened there. Very impressed. But I will say, and here's the caveat. The caveat isn't if it's a rookie quarterback. The caveat is if Kyler Fackrell has a day. I think if that's the case, you know the offense was poor. <laughs> comes down with three uh sacks on the day. Now what I will say is, and this is something that was highlighted by Rob Domowski We've seen that the Packers are trying to increase him into their plans, uh, much maybe to their detriment, um, that it increased from four snaps in the opener, 13 in week two, 23 in week three, and 26 in this game. Uh, that's according to ESPN Rob Stamowski. Um So I don't know what that signifies, Hal, here. How did you feel Fackrell got on on the day? Do you think, again, it's just like, right, let's just stop talking about it. It's Josh Allen, or do you think that he is actually bringing that awareness now uh, to his game, and because of that increased snap count, that the Packers see him as someone that they can trust? Or do we actually literally have no option at that position but to play Kyler Fackrell, and now maybe it's just working out by happenstance?
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the players that we actually have in that kind of position, and yeah, he's got some players to learn from, let's be fair yeah. as well. He's If he's not that good, but he's serviceable, well, you could do a lot worse than be learning from Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. And if you watched him for the very first time, if you're a scout and you just landed on, you know, from Mars and you're thinking, okay, my first job is to scout NFL football, <laughs> he's a guy He's a guy that you'd go, wow, we, we've got to absolutely move everything up the draft if you've understood what drafts are and you're a Martian. I, forget that analogy, it doesn't work. But Fackrell is someone that you would definitely say, this, this guy can really play, he understands the position. And he not only that... He actually understood with the new rules how to sack safely. So, you know, maybe he's not learning from clay, more Nick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick with the club on his hand. Uh, maybe he's taking inspiration. But yeah, and, and that's what I think about the defence is that, and this is what you need. I remember being on um Irish radio, right? And, and it was the year that uh, Leicester City were went on to win the Premier League. And every week I was saying... Like Leicester City should not be playing this way. Um, It doesn't make sense. And that's the same as what was happening with the Carolina Panthers in the nfl in the sense that it was like every week i'd say no this is the week they they get beaten and then or get bet as i like to say and so then what would happen is is that another player on on a different faction of the team would step up and and have a career like i was reading the stats and i was like holy jesus like who is this guy and then it'd be like oh has a career day and ends up winning the game and in a you know in a crunch time or whatever it's like when everybody else steps up and that's what i like about this defense is is that we see individual players now making individual plays and stepping up you know, Nick Perry shows up, uh, Kyler Fackle shows up on the day. As you said, Josh Jackson has a great day, Jair Alexander um, has a great day. But the number one play that really impressed me uh, was a non-football play from Jair Alexander. And it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you watched Animaniacs uh, when you were growing up or whatever, but it, it sort of stood out to me that it was like, good idea, bad idea. And it was, it was it was there was a bit of argy-bargy, uh, which we know that our American listeners um, love to hear. And it was that sort of... It was a bit of a kerfuffle. um, A bit of a melee. And uh, Jair Alexander was involved and so was Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez has the bad idea uh, portion of Animaniacs. He takes off the helmet where everyone else keeps their helmet on. Mm, Kind of a bad idea. You know, I've seen that happen before. You know where you go into the vortex of YouTube videos where you go like five minute fights and then you just spend your time looking at road rage videos where you'll have a guy who, you know, two motorbike guys go at it. He takes off his helmet and then decides that it's a great idea to headbutt the guy with the hard helmet, which is supposed to protect you from an eighty kilometer fall um off a bike. Um and, you know, we all know the the result of that. So Blake Martinez does that, gets flagged for it, but J R Alexander pushes Josh Allen over. Josh Allen, who got called by the comms by the way, who made a play and they said, Oh, it's very Brett Favre like which made me vomit into me cornflakes. Um <laughs> And that was the most un-Brett Favre-like thing to do. A guy who said, did you just hit me? you got to hit me harder than that. You know, and that's a quote from Brett Favre. Yet now we see this guy doing sort of that NBA-style flop onto the ground when Jair Alexander hit him. Now, people were kind of saying how dumb of Jair to do that, but... I don't know about you, Hal, but that is the exact type of nastiness that I want to see from this defence. I want to see them pushing people over, tackling hard, like obviously not trying to draw the penalties, but really bringing it up to that line that Mike Daniels has been talking about for years now.
0: Yeah, get nasty. You know, nasty defences actually tend to to do quite well and to go quite far i mean i mentioned earlier when we last won the super bowl and i don't want to be one of those packers fans but we were up against in that super bowl the pittsburgh steelers a nasty defense and on mm. the day people like clay brought his own nasty and, and you know what we've been a bit soft and particularly last season it's a great idea. Let's let's get that way. And Blake Martinez, apart from taking off his helmet, stood up for a teammate. He's someone I absolutely love. I don't know if you're like me, but whenever I watch a Packers game, my wife sort of takes for passing interest. She's on her iPad. And I'll be like, oh, look, look. She'll be like, oh, that's nice. And I'll <laughs> instantly say to her, oh, when you get me my new Packers shirt, I want Martinez 50 50- Oh yeah. the back. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, now, now I want, you know, Clinton, Dick, 21, or whatever it is. And she'd be like making little, pretending she's making little notes. I mean, if she got me every single one that I've ever wanted, I'd have a million shirts. But I don't know if you do that. Whoever's playing well at that particular time, that's who I'm getting on my next shirt.
1: Oh, yeah. And the way it looks as well, Alexander just looks regal. It's a throwback to Alexander the Great. I feel like, you know, I can take over um, from a small port uh, place of Macedonia. Um, Macedonia but can I
0: also... Just you mentioned the Panthers, and mm. I never get a chance to express this. I work with no one who likes the NFL, so this is me getting everything out. Come I've on. never had a chance to talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the the kind of the cadence that uh Cam Newton has, you know, yeah. we've got sort of blue 58 or green 18, yeah, brilliant, they're fantastic. They need no work, Aaron. You're, you're doing superbly. I hate what Cam Newton does in the huddle, he sounds like a camel, and I almost have to mute. Whenever Cam is doing that kind of. It's the most annoying noise. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch a Panthers game. You'll hear him go. It's just infuriating
1: do you know what i'm on the opposite side i find it really pleasant because it's so goddamn weird and i have to say and it was against us when he turned around and he called the play and clay matthews was calling out what it was and he goes oh you've been watching taper huh? watch this and then he goes and makes the play i just thought god damn it you've just scored a touchdown but that was classy you sexy yeah.
0: beast yeah and he looks good with a towel on his head <laughs> yeah please he- pull yeah, that on
1: uh yeah cam strange character um you know sort of gets down on it i've seen him the the weirdest video from him the well the weirdest display i've seen from him was obviously in the super bowl where the ball squirted out and he sort of looked at it and went Nah uh, That was the weirdest thing But the weirdest off the field thing With Cam that I found Even weirder than his cadence was Is a kid said Oh what happened in the Super Bowl?" But he gets right up in the kid's face And goes What did you say And the kid sort of obviously Cacks bricks um, And then leaves But I just thought like To get that aggressive with a kid <laughs> Is <laughs> kind of something like We all want to do You know when the neighbours Are playing outside And they kick a ball And it goes near your car You, you want yeah. to go out And give them the debts stare. But you're kind of thinking I'm an old man effectively now To these young children And I can't really be going out You know giving them Scarecrow it's, treatment here
0: <laughs> It's strange that Cam would do that because his celebration is to give the ball to a young child, so he, yeah. he needs to make his mind up. Do you like kids? Do you hate them? Whichever side of the fence you're on, I'm cool with. But mm. let's let's stick to it.
1: Yeah, well, at least he's not giving the ball and then doing a stare down because that would be really mixed (laughs) signals. So at least he has it down. But look, I guess the main takeaways from this game is that the positives obviously are, yes, we have a misfiring offense. Aaron Rodgers came out and criticized it. Um, But Jimmy Graham gets the first touchdown. Devontae Adams still looks like an absolute beast. The negatives would be obviously that, you know, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb, Question marks over their health, and we're going to have the rookies that are going to have to step up. And again, a counterpoint to that for me would be, and this is kind of like Cliff Notes, you know, uh, it's kind of everything just thrown at you in once, and would be that we've got a really solid running back stable. Aaron Jones really is looking ridiculously dynamic, and he looks like he's only just about getting going. Ty Montgomery is getting open in the pass game, as well as being devastating in the run game. So he gives us an option when we're depleted at wide receiver. And then our defense really came to play, albeit against a struggling bills offense Um, that said that we cannot sort of take down the fact that they destroyed the Vikings now I think the Vikings game plan was not to get smushed by the defensive line uh, when they were playing offensively Um, and also I would say if you were to deep dive into the the analytics is that they stacked the box all day you know depending on him just to sort of struggle with the pass um, and, and not get much Purchase on the run, and um, when he ended up smoking them in that game, so it was very opportunistic. And I think that they gave him probably simple, simple sort of plays. But I still don't think that what we saw on defense can be discounted with the amount of pressure that we got up front, and um, you know the lack of separation that we got in the secondary, and just how hungry these cornerbacks are. And if Clinton Dix can play at this level uh, going forward, um, because I, I guess that's the main point here, Hal. I, and I guess I'll end this sort of giant summary is that <laughs> when we get this pressure up front. Clinton Dix looks like a superstar, as does all of the secondary. So I guess that's the key to this: is that we need Nick Perry, you know Blake Martinez to start stuffing runs. We need to get the offense clicking, that we get a bigger lead to sort of shut down the run, to not make the play action credible and cause the opposing offense to have to throw the ball. And when all of these perfect scenarios happen, which we're definitely capable of, that we've seen now, albeit this is effectively a practice game for next week is that this game can all come together. And if we clicked on offense, like you alluded to, and like Aaron Rodgers alluded to, you're in good company, is that we could be dropping 50 burgers on team, and this could be a team to behold. Would you say that that monstrous summary is really what could sum up this game? Or do you think that there is something that's still rotting in this team That causes every Packer fan to be moan after the game. I just want to finish
0: on a positive. Bring on the Lions. There's really actually only one negative, and it's that the Bears are above the Packers in the table. There's only one time when that should be the case. That's before the season has started, alphabetically. (laughs) I'm not happy with it at any other time. I think we're going to absolutely destroy the Lions. You've got me pumped. I'd be ready to put on a shirt now and play any position that they need me. I'm ready. Bring it on.
1: Let's absolutely bring it on. So let's talk about the, and, and just really quickly, and, you know, not to do again, a, uh, let's not to get the scuba gear on and do a deep dive. Be- what I will say is before the season, when you looked at the rosters, I thought that Mitch Trubisky is still a work in progress and the Vikings were the team to beat. It's worked out really, really weird. Did you see this coming? And do you think that the Bears well, are a legitimate threat um, here at well, HAL or is it just their opponents?
0: So Isn't it terrible? I mean, Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Going up against what I was hoping would be this season's fun team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Fitzmagic. Yeah. He's great. And I don't know if you've ever seen the, the clip of his son doing the maths. That's no. uh, that's amazing. His, his son, a bit like you, is a sort of maths genius. Because, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick, I don't know, I'm not talking about the Bears, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. quarterback, he went to Harvard. People don't like to mention that. His son is also like a genius, and he actually won – post-game interview, said to someone in the press, uh, pick a number between 90 and 99, then pick another number between 90 and 99, and my son, who's about seven, will multiply those numbers, get a calculator out, 100% it'll be right. He Did mad. it, his son did it, it was absolutely correct. I want to see more Fitz magic on the podium post-game. That's not going to happen after what the Bears did, dropping 48 on the yucks. This was a game where we wanted to see Tampa Bay absolutely destroy the Bears, get the pack back on top. The Bears actually, defense we knew was legit, Mm. offense we didn't. But the fact that they're putting up such huge numbers against, you know, the Buccaneers are not a bad team. This worries me. This worries me tremendously. We might genuinely have a three-way tussle
1: yeah it's 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 the khalil mack factor but again looking at that game and the scoreline was 48 10 which is ridiculous but you know it was 14 zip after the first quarter Um, it was 38 to 3 at the half so when you look at that i mean that's going to limit what the books can do offensively you know so they're not going to be trying to to run the ball they're going to be trying to just air it out the whole time which causes errors Um, so i think that that's an important factor there and i think that the vikings look to be back on track effectively now i know they got pasted by the rams who i know that you're high on Hal um and as every analyst is and it it's just it's fascinating to watch um and that's that's a real acid test i guess as well as when the packers play them exactly how we match up there but they they beat the vikings 38 to 31 um which again 7 points in the difference to say that they got pasted by the bills the week before i don't think it was actually too bad of a showing from the vikings in that game um so they still look pretty strong do you subscribe to the notion that the lions are as poor as people think they are when you say that we're going to beat the lions is that just our you know our our fandom coming out or do you think that the lions are struggling here because on paper they should be doing an awful lot better than their one and three record though right
0: oh yeah absolutely on paper they've got quite an exciting roster Uh, yes my fan always suggests the packers are going to win literally every game that's coming up next and, and i will never ever waver from that i also never bet on or against the packers just to Life tip that I think has served me quite well. But uh, the Lions, you know what, if you start getting into a slump, even if you're actually supposed to be good and you know you're supposed to be good, that can sometimes get even more frustrating. We've watched these hard knocks and these all or nothings and we've thought, wow, they're going to be quite the team because you you buy into it yourself. Then when it doesn't start to go the way you're expecting it to go and you're losing games against the Cowboys, which let's be honest, you know, Dak Prescott is actually, he's no good. We've seen enough now from Dak to know that he's actually not what we thought he was in that first season. So you should be beating the Cowboys on, on paper. As you say, you look at certain fixes and you mark down where you're going to get your wins from to, to morally to lose that for the lions. That's going to now hit morale and they're going to have to try and pick themselves up looking at what we've just done against the Bills, that's going to be extremely difficult for Detroit, no matter how good they are. And yes, you're right, on paper, they should be absolutely, really, arguably one of the strongest divisions that we've got ever, since I've been following the Packers. There should really be four teams, all challenging for top spot, and we probably would have predicted the Bears to finish bottom at the start of the season. That's now going to be the Lions, and I'm I'm convinced of that. I think they're now going to be on a, a bit of a downward spiral, hopefully continuing next weekend
1: yeah um, I have to agree with you there certainly I expected the Bills to be to be you know at the basement there but that defensive pressure that they're getting now especially from Khalil Mack who hadn't done stuff that has been done in the NFL I, I think against us what did he have a forced fumble um, a sack uh, uh, you know I don't know what he had I can't remember the exact sort of oh,
0: what I do know is we're going to look back on that result against Duck mm. Bears and think because they're probably going to continue unfortunately a look back and see what a great result that was
1: exactly and i think at the time weren't we sort of saying jesus we you know we could have done this an awful lot smoother but yeah certainly i think that it's uh, because that's the thing and that's the thing about this the bills win you know like any win is a win you don't sort of look back in 10 years time not unless you have a ridiculous memory like you thinking about that jets game but you know most of the time you look at it and just you kind of see it and it's just one more anonymous game and if you look at a 22 zipper like yeah we obviously played great um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So, finally, I think what we can move on to now, and maybe this is much ado about nothing, but to get on to the, something that you alluded to earlier in the podcast, is there trouble brewing between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, or is this just the normal sort of, I don't know, marriage of sorts that we've seen between these two over the years based on what they said in their in their post-game pressers?
0: Yeah, so Aaron has, has veiled. He hasn't been that obvious has sort of insinuated certainly that the offensive calls weren't quite as he'd have liked. This isn't the first time that Aaron and, uh, as you call him, Mick McCarthy McCarthy. have uh, have butted heads. But so what? Do you need to like your boss? You know, they've been working together now for 10 years. I mean, that's that's pretty long time in the NFL. Uh, You know, Belichick and Brady have been working together longer. But who else has been working with their head coach for quite so long? Um, Maybe Tomlin and. And Roethlisberger, I'd have to look that up. But the point being that they they haven't got on for a long time. And you know, Aaron's king of town. If you ask any Packers fan over the world, even if Aaron is wrong, everyone's siding with Aaron. All right, on this, no matter what he would ever come out and say, because he is. He, he, is the, he is the Packers at the moment, and, and he can ride us to several more Super Bowls. We actually need to get him to more Super Bowls because it will be a travesty if he only wins one in his career. But uh, McCarthy, I think, has actually come out afterwards and been highly praising of Aaron, saying the way that he goes out there with that difficult knee mm. gives a lot to the rest of the locker room and that shows that he's tough, and you need that as a quarterback. And Aaron has demonstrated many times that he's tough. I'm definitely at the moment thinking this is a storm in a teacup. It will blow over. It has to because this kind of thing, if you have a rift between head coach and quarterback, that can cost jobs.
1: Yeah, I just found it oddly curious to a degree because Aaron has come out and on one side has sort of said the offense were terrible. We didn't do our job, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but then kind of makes this comment about, you know, it's the play thing. Now, I personally don't think it's it's that big a deal. I don't think I see it as a rift. Um, and I know the media like to jump all over it, and that's what I hope that we do at UK Packers. We don't sort of lose the run of ourselves and go, Ooh, look at you know, and look for a headline." Certainly, it's one of the things that uh, the players know when they come on that we're not going to be like, "Oh, so what do you think of uh, this person?" You know, it's we're not looking for headlines. Um, hmm. I just found it strangely odd that for a guy who throughout his whole career has been very veiled and secretive and careful about what he says and very like he's notoriously sensitive to what's stated in the media so he gets the game for him to kind of come out and say that publicly that it's the play call it almost seems like it's like yes we were crap but it wasn't all me and that's i don't know whether he's kind of because you never know it's it's that whole that whole paradigm you know that that whole thing of like what microcosm are people in that he says this thing and we're all like oh he's after criticizing whatever but maybe he's just trying to get across like look i know i have a a banged up leg um but it's not all me that you can place the blame on here and maybe trying to take some of the heat off himself and also off the fact that maybe people would have questioned had he not said that are his wide receivers or is Devonte getting open enough especially if you're a casual fan for him to be able to receive the ball and maybe they would have said oh well you know obviously Devonte isn't playing the way he should play who knows? And that that's what I would say is that any, any of these experts out here kind of go, oh, well, this is what it is. You don't know who he's trying to protect. And maybe that if he sort of says a comment like that, that Mike McCarthy is not going to take it as the media are going to take it and he protects other players in the meantime. Yeah. You know,
0: Yeah, um, could be deflecting is probably quite a good thought. And can you imagine as well, if you were putting your career on the line every single weekend with this damaged knee, which is maybe worse than we all really think, uh, you know, it must be, he must be furious to actually, as you're quite rightly saying, behave the way he did. Because in the past, when he's been angry, he still held it in. This yeah. must be 100% ready to blow, and he's still only been a little bit mean.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And that, that, and it was nice to see him coming out in preseason and be uncharacteristically like, you know, we were crap out there, blah, blah, blah. Um, I say blah 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 a lot. I wonder if that's what people hear when I just speak Norman. Um <laughs> I think
0: the Americans don't understand a word anyway. Yeah, but they're, they're just, like, oh, just like there's some rich talking packers.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe they just see like the guy off the, you know, the lucky charms box just dancing in front of them every time I speak. Um I've I've had that at a couple of meetups. Actually, Nana Cherezov right, impromptu. Yeah. Um any any American fans out there, do you actually understand everything that I say? I like to say, think that I have kind of a fairly neutral Irish accent. Maybe that's not the case at all. Maybe it is a twiddly eye, tweed cap and dancing around with a pipe um -hmm. lucky charm action but let me know um if if you hear me because there has been meetups where i'd be talking to people and i've asked questions and some um, some american folks that have been there folks i'm very folksy um have looked at me and sort of went okay you know and i'm kind of like okay Um, maybe i should stop asking questions and maybe just you know do it
0: i've had americans that have not been able to understand me and i think i speak very clearly But, you know, you and I, people won't know this listening to the podcast, actually do share more than just a love for the Packers. We actually share the same face.
1: (laughs) You see, you've raised this a couple of times, right? Now, here's the deal. You say that people have said... That mean you look very similar, right? I need you to give After me a li- <laughs> yeah. You need to give a list of those people. You need to tell me who it is, um, because I just want to get into their brain and find out what's going on. Because like we raised, and this is funny enough. This is something that came up in pre prod. Not that we planned out this conversation, but it's something that came up because it's very curious. You wear you're bespectacled, right? You wear glasses. I do mm. not wear glasses, so. I thought that that would... It's enough for Superman to become anonymous. It's enough for Clark Kent to wade into his newspaper job and act accordingly, even with bulging uh, breasticles and biceps. Um,
0: And journalism,
1: I mean, there's... Yeah, there's there's parallels, right? So that makes me Superman. I'll take it. I'll have that. Um, So... You took pants. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wear my underpants on the outside. It's strange. It's a fetish. So... Who has been telling you that we look similar? Because but I mean, you
0: remember the, uh, the the meetup, the Super Bowl meetup, where the Packers weren't playing, but I still went along anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, the the morning after, when I um, <laughs> went down for breakfast, and this uh, this woman who worked at reception the hotel that we were very kindly staying at said to me, uh, "I won't give out your surname, but just basically." Uh, Stephen uh, mm. you, you know It's time to settle the bill And we've got a few things I need to run by you And I said I, I'm not actually Stephen You might need to Find him And she goes Oh do you know where he is No Because I'm not him <laughs> and still not him uh, but I'll message him and, and let him know that you're looking for him and she's like right, right. and then looked at me in that way that people do when they think that they've been lied to mm. like he just didn't want to speak to me he just wanted to eat his cocoa pops other syrups <laughs> are also available
1: it's like it's like I saw her coming and I was like I have these emergency classes I'll just pop on and just pretend because <laughs> you know what me and my brother People say we look the same, but we like if you look at us, you're like, nah. But I have I had his friends come up to me and sort of say, Hey Daryl, oh no, sorry, you're wrong guy. You know, and I'm kinda of like, Really? His friends? And that kind oh. of makes me question how much his friends know him first off, to be honest. And <laughs> uh, but we we used to work in the same bar when we were in school, so like he'd go in and take an order, then I'd bring it into them and give them their change. And you would get people go, Oh cheers, mate, you know, and they'd have no idea and uh, no idea at all.
0: But <laughs> Well, next time you have to go to the States, if you get feedback from Americans saying, no, Steve, we can't understand a word you say, Mm. I will go in your place at your own expense and I will represent (laughs) you and they will say, wow, how that's how things sound when they're pronounced properly. What a wonderful Mm. voice you have. Well, they'll they'll say Steve, because that's who I'll be pretending to be. But I'll have to try and remember that bit.
1: And they say you haven't used the word bet once. We still have no idea what that means. Do you know what? I've had conversations with people after saying that on the podcast that they wanted the the iterations of that word explained to them. (laughs) Because we're like, if you you have an egg, does it get bet? And I'm like, no, you can't bet an egg. Uh, You can beat an egg and the egg becomes beaten. But if nothing tastes as good as an egg, well, then an egg can't be bet. And that's kind of how I'd summarize that for... For all of the linguists out there, I think we've kind of flogged this podcast to death at this
0: stage. Hal it and is. all of
1: those yeah. listening, um, get their get their special badge.
0: So, any it's... other parting shots? Any other... This time, wow, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Any other parting uh, thoughts on this game before I move on? Because I'm always conscious that, you know, what having someone on the podcast, maybe they've done Kobe's amount of research and I've only literally got four lines out. And then it's kind of
0: me going, okay, on we go. Oh, I, I, I'm the other way. I, I wrote four lines and you've got a lot more out of me. So I'm... I'm all-
1: <laughs> yeah, freshly squeezed. Um, so I guess this brings us on to a bit of housekeeping. Now, I will say um anybody it's it's because it's coming up to christmas i know i'm gonna get tweets and people saying like give it a break once tesco have the celebrations on the shelves with santa on it's getting close to christmas right so the nfl europe shop we have the link back working i say it's back working it's been back working for like a month but i just want to remind people because this is what we face every time hal is that we'll say we start a fantasy game we flog it to death so much so that people say we know you're doing fantasy i'm unfollowing you now and then we have someone saying hey lads great idea why don't you set up fanto you know and then we have we flog the trip to death on the podcast we put it out on all social media we send out newsletters ad nauseum and then we'll get someone then we'll post it and say very last chance to to get on the trip and we'll have someone saying oh wish i knew about this earlier and we're like "Mm," you know and then we want to go to the rock that they have been living in and break it into little bits so like the NFL Europe shop, never pay full price. We've got the 10% link off. Go onto the uh, website and just smack the banner. Similarly, uh, Pro Football Focus, if you want to get all the stats that we have, you can go onto Pro Football Focus. You can click that link on our homepage. And we've more exciting stuff to announce on that, uh, probably in later podcasts. But uh, type in Edge 5 and you'll get a fiver off your... You need translate
0: this so you don't have to say it again. Yeah, so maybe, for, maybe I should. So, yeah. so go to ukpackers.co.uk Click on the banner, which will take you to the NFL Europe shop, and you'll get a 10% discount. Perfect. <laughs> Use that as an little advert.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. And then we'll have that in sort of a link to your podcast. And if you like the sound of that advert, go on to. Um, uh, I like just... the
0: way you did it. Just you know, bosh, the, bosh the ad and you're done or whatever it was. It was good. It summed it up nicely. More concise than mine
1: yeah yeah maybe i should be sort of pre-recording stuff instead of you know boring people and there is still places on the trip by the way and now it's going to sort of squeaky bum time with the trip but if you want to come over to lambo and watch miami come into lambo get waxed and leave with their tails between their legs uh there's still time so just contact ben at touchdown trips um yeah and i think i'll leave the housekeeping there anyway hell but it's so been... one year
0: i'd love to join you by the way on one of those trips so when i when i've got you know money i will uh i'll <laughs> definitely join you so when will that be, Hal?
1: I mean, is yeah, it going to come to crunch time? We're going to say screw it and go to the bank to get a loan.
0: I do want people to think that this guy knows slightly what he's talking about. I have seen the Packers. I just want to make that very clear, live, but mm. only ever away games. So I still haven't done Lambeau Field, and I and I will one day.
1: Yeah. So hopefully, on a trip coming near you, uh, I'll be going abroad with my English twin, um, Hal Stewart, <laughs> the guy who has two first names for a first and second name. Um. So, Hal, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. We haven't even uh, deep-dived into your career and how you got to where you are, but you can yeah. certainly um, listen to yourself on Forces Radio, download the app. I have it on my phone. I was actually famously on your show, which you, you know, popped a quiz on me um,
0: last week. Yeah, it went That's it so well that Steve. I used to be doing drive time, and then after you were on, they uh, relegated me to one till four, so... Uh... <laughs> Happy looking look well,
1: into that Yeah, and uh, I'll be joining Forces Radio at drive time And this is when we announce it <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually going to come on the podcast, right? And I said it to John before I come on I was like, hey, do you know what I should do with Hal? I should say, and now uh, ex-radio host, Hal, just to have you gone? Did he
0: say ex-radio? Right?
1: And they get on and go, <laughs> I was hired by your boss to come on And this is how we tell you And then try and move on with the podcast
0: always trying to save money there Because they could actually, of course, save on any rebranding And just use my face, but put your name next to it <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe so yeah they're gonna say steve you probably just need to wear glasses that's all you need to do clear glass
0: I brush the glasses out right advertising done <laughs>
1: <Next>. <laughs> yeah because do you know what and i was kind of hoping that when i asked you who told you that we looked like you weren't gonna go well my wife says it from time to time because then <laughs> it gets really really weird really weird
0: that.
1: yeah so Yeah, it's a family show. Anyway, uh, so from at Hal Stewart, uh, DJ Hal Stewart and Hal Stewart 82 make sure you give Hal's uh, Twitter account a good follow and make sure you jump onto the podcast. It's always great and entertaining, if not surprisingly random. Hal is so random on the podcast, he he regularly surprises Adam with most of the stuff he comes out, which which is just worth listening to the podcast alone. But it's been a pleasure having you on, Hal, and I'm sure we'll get some great feedback and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon.
0: Thank you. Just not cricket. Download it. (laughs) Adios.